Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today the episode is The Consultant. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I, I say that because I'm a consultant. And I know this is going to be a great dialogue uh, because we've, you know, I've been, I am a consultant and I've hired consultants and I've been in organizations where I had no control over consultants. So I am looking forward to this one. And I have hired and worked with consultants. And although I've never been hired as a consultant, I've found in my private life because of just some odd things that I've done along my career, I've been called into a bunch of situations and conversations because of what I know and have given advice, cautioned, and worked through a few things with people. So I kind of identify with both sides, although I have never been a paid consultant. I probably will never be one, but I certainly do uh, relate to both sides of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's good it's great because we've had all the experiences and I think we're going to talk about the good, the bad, I'm not sure the ugly, but uh, uh you know, some mornings when I've gone in, maybe maybe they would describe me as the ugly from a you know, uh I don't know, get your haircut man or something like that maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, it's funny because you you kind of describe yourself as both a consultant as a coach and I probably inaccurately put the two together because I think when a coach comes in and works with you, they're being a consultant. And I may be wrong, but in my mind, I always put your two roles together and I just think it's all part of one package. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I would see them as as really different and yet um, consultants sometimes re are required to be coaches, ask good questions. You know, often a coach holds space for someone to discover within themselves Consultants often lean more towards they bring in expertise, they know the right questions to ask, and then they bring their knowledge to with the combination of input from folks to bring something together. So it's a little bit more directive than than a coach would be, but there I can see the overlap for sure. So does that mean I'm right? In some ways, yes. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like a consultant. <laughs> no, just kidding. Put on, put on, ching. Okay, that's good. Well. I, I'm, I'm done then. I'm happy. If I was told I was right by you, then I'm good. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We've both been managers for big chunks of our career. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and then move on. We're going to discuss, discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And I do think, Greg, we're going to have a really good conversation today. Yeah, I think so. When you first mentioned this a couple of uh, episodes ago, it was like crunchiness rising within me because I thought, oh, no, this is going to be another, you know, how bad consultants could be. But then, you know, as we talked in the pre-work and as we had our conversations, then as I had personal reflections, you know, I've had some really great experiences with consultants and I've had some bad ones. And and this is what we're going to talk about. It's it's how it's set up and, you know, the role of the manager when you're bringing in a consultant. Because they are, can be very powerful and very helpful in helping you move something ahead. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I've always had a really good experience with the consultant. And I think my concerns in the past in a couple isolated incidents was, you know, the reason why they were brought in wasn't clear. They weren't marketed to us or... There was no context put around it. And I think that's where I had an issue with the whole process. But I've never had a, a problem with the, an individual consultant. I've always had great conversations with them. I found them helpful. Uh, they brought a lot of uh, unique perspectives to it. And 
when you know when they do a really good job, it's a really good thing. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So the consultant, your work has brought in a consultant, and you experience some or all of the following. You're not sure why they are here. You are concerned that they really don't have subject matter experience in what you do. There is a serious amount of weight in what they end up saying. Your boss doesn't seem open to discussing what process is underway. When you have a set conversation with the consultant, the time is very brief. During your conversation with the consultant, you are not sure if they are listening or even interested with what you are saying. There are some uncomfortable group activities involved with this consultant, and you're waiting for the shoe to drop. So, Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, it, it always depends upon the situation you're going through, but in, in every situation, it adds confusion at, at, at a minimum. There's confusion, distraction. Um, but at the worst scenario, fear, uh, you know, we've talked before about presenteeism and I was just talking to someone the other day how for the first time in their life, they're experiencing presenteeism. You know, it's like you're there, but you're not there. Well, when you've got a consultant asking questions and, and when there's no context, you mentioned earlier, when there's no feedback, when there's no, no explanation of the why, it creates spin. And it either creates spin or frustration or annoyance, and that all pulls you away from productivity, creativity, all the things that are so important to be successful. So in this situation, even in the best situations where it's things are good, it creates confusion and distraction. And boy, oh boy, if it is a time of churn and change, it can be disastrous. And I think that's where sometimes, you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but quite often people connect a consultant with, oh, there's going to be a major shift or people are going to lose their jobs or there's going to be a reorg or we're, you know, going towards the next thing, the shiny thing. And I, I think that's probably the unhealthy approach to it. But unfortunately, I think there's been some occasions where people have had to deal with exactly that. And so sometimes when people hear the term consultant, if they haven't had a lot of really good experiences with it, they really do go to that negative place. Well, you know, what's interesting. I was talking to a friend the other day and uh, they have had in their organizations three consultants over the last 10 years. And every situation was not a great situation. It was a situation where a new manager brought in a, quote, friend of theirs to uh, lead a project, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, and the result uh, and the lack of engagement was so frustrating. So what happens in that situation, actually I think it was two situations, now they're bringing in a new, there's a new person coming in and bringing in a consultant, and actually I know this consultant, they're fantastic, they're, uh, they're, they engage people-centric consultants where they engage the people and idea they're fantastic, but they're already in an uphill battle. I've had a couple of conversations with them saying, so what's their approach? What's their thought? And it is really good, but they're so jaded that many of the people don't even see it. So over time, those things can happen, you know, where you get a bad experience. And I believe everybody has good intention. They want to make things better and that type of thing. And they may have had a good experience in the past, but Boy, oh boy, the things we're going to talk about are the things that you can do as a leader to just set it up and to create the space for it to be effective 
versus create another, oh, here it is again. I agree. I agree. So let's get down to some common sense things to, as a manager to help deal with this situation and make it the best one possible. Be upfront with what is going on, provide the context, the story, what in the world are we doing? Yeah, you know what? How many of our episodes talk about context and providing the why? It doesn't have to be a burning platform either. You know, often what you think about is the whole concept of the burning platform. You know, you have to create a, a bad situation to get people scared, to get them motivated to see why we need something. You can create positivity. It can be an optimistic thing that, you know, here's where we're at and we really want to grow and we... We know there's lots of great ideas here, uh, but it's great to have someone as a sounding board to pull it all together to listen. Provide the context of how they're going to do it, why we're doing it, what we hope to um, achieve through it. Those are so good. And if you don't know, it, if it's uh, then, then you better think twice about bringing the consultant. And the next point just goes on from there. Be open to questions about the consultant and the process if you can. The, the more open that you can be about this and include people and answer those questions, even the silly little questions, they're all good. Make sure that you're open. Yeah, and you know, this is tricky sometimes because if you are in a, um, a desperate situation, you're bound by confidentiality and you really can't say anything, it's a tightrope to walk on. But the more you can say the better. And, it, and, you know, it doesn't have to be even dire. If it is something that you're in, you know, things are in trouble that, you know, folks, you know, things have been tight. You know, we lost that last contract and we really feel that we need a external perspective to come in and talk to us, listen to us and, and help us find alternate pathways forward. That, that might be all you have to say, but uh, say more uh, than, than nothing. And, and uh, the more you can say, the better, because that provides a little bit of information. Well, the next point just moves on from there again. Ensure you give appropriate updates when you can. I've been in a couple situations where it starts and then there's a report and there's nothing in between. And it's like, what's going on? Mm. And you'll, you know what people do? They go to that place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the vacuum, you'll make up all your stories. And so providing those updates is, yeah. And again, that's even having a plan. And, you know, we've talked about this in a number of our podcasts that, you know, some of us aren't planners. We're not that good at it. Well, if you're not good at it, then bring some alongside you who is good at it. You know, that's why they have PMO offices. I know people have uh, positive and negatives to say about PMO office. Maybe that's another episode, the PMO office. I saw, I saw a flicker, a twicker in, in your, a, what is a twicker? I saw a little, uh, your, your, uh, a twinge in your, in your eyebrow there when I said PMO office. But, you know, like they can be really good. But having someone who is gifted at uh, building the plan and holding people accountable to the plan and updating, updating people in the plan is such a beautiful thing. You know, it's always going to be balanced between, uh, you know, the, the drive you get lost in the plan. But uh, we often go the other way to your point. It starts and then it's done. You don't hear anything until you hear something. Well, I was laughing as you were saying about, uh, you know, uh, project manager. But uh, I've been in charge of a couple things. And remember, I chose somebody to work with me. And it took them about like half a meeting. So let me get this straight. I'm here to take the notes and keep track of what's going on. 
You got it. We haven't even had to have to talk. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's so it's so good to do that. Here's what we heard. Here's what we're doing. So we're all on the same page. It just makes it so much better. And be positive about what's going on if that's appropriate. If it's an appropriate situation and this is a good thing that we're doing, then act like it's a good thing. Well, you know what? Um, often um, all of us want some kind of control. And when a, a consultant is announced, sometimes you feel that you're losing control. And so however you can implement in the process ways of control or at least influence, input, those are the things that are going to be really uh, important. And then stuff does change. But again, but that positiveness around, again, that declared why we're doing it and find ways that you can give people a voice. If it is clearly just for input, be clear up front and say, listen, we may not use your ideas, but we do value your input and they will influence the final plans and ideas. That's a, that's a, if, if, if you can truthfully say that, then say something like that and then find ways to allow voice. And, and then as you finish the report or whatever the next step is, find ways to connect the dots back to what people have said. That will then give them a sense of control and influence, which will be much more positive than, uh, oh boy, here comes the, uh, consultant again. And you know, this is I, something jumped in my head. It's like if if you're the manager and you had no you have no control over the consultant, how do you reframe it? You know, because if we're annoyed that I got another consultant coming in, then I can easily translate that to my folks. And so they're going to know. They're going to know. And so it doesn't mean you have to um lie about it. Um, but you can, you know, we've talked on the podcast a number of times, that great model above and below the line. Above the line is finding uh, that ownership, finding that influence and being able to say, folks, yes, I know this is extra work. Uh, I know we're not yet clear around what exactly that they're doing, um, but we have an opportunity to influence what they understand about us as a team. So how best do we put our foot forward and ensure that they understand both what we do and our insights as to what we can do in the future. Because you can complain and you can say, oh, gee, here comes another consultant and keep your mouth shut and not do anything. That's not adding any value and it's certainly not adding any influence. And kind of the next step, warm people up to group discussions or activities to get them ready ready and willing to participate. If there's going to be like focus groups or surveys and you know that's coming, you know, start talking it up, socializing those ideas so people know, number one, what's going to be happening, but also that they have a role to play and what that role is. Yeah, you know, sometimes this is, uh, as a leader, is introducing even the consultant. And again, getting back to that last point about positive is to be able to say, hey, you know what, um, we're excited to have Alistair here, uh, you know, helping to us work through this project. Just to give you a little bit of Alistair, Alistair has been in the business for blah, blah years. He is an expert in this. He's actually had this. And then if there's something there that really can help ground us in, huh, maybe Alistair's got something to say. Maybe he's a a good guy to go forward. The other thing is just uh, the warming up aspect is just when I've brought in a consultant, often I've brought them in a bit early. I've brought folks in. We've had some coffee. We've chat. We get to know each other a little bit. 
Uh, we socialize a bit, you know, and you begin to understand that it isn't this hench person that's coming in to uh, look at it. It's actually another human being who you probably have some things in common with. And I mean, just to soften, making those connections. We talk about this in every podcast, the power of relationship. And finding ways to build connection will allow more openness and uh, a better result. Well, it's funny you said that. Uh, uh, over the last six months or so, I, I've been brought in uh, by an organization that I know um, and people that I know just to help speak to certain things and give a different perspective on a process. And uh, I ended up in a couple of meetings where nobody introduced me. So I introduced myself and then I knew there were some connection points and stuff that would give the people that I was talking to and helping, oh, oh, that's that's who you are. Okay. Oh, you, okay. You, oh, okay. And it, it kind of gave me some validity. And, I, you know, people say, oh, you know, Alistair's here to help. And like, but that's it. Like, why is this dude here? Mm-hmm. And, and so I was able to warm them up and, and they realized the connections and they realized the experience and, you know, I told them a couple of things they didn't know and that, and it all made sense to them. And I, I could just sense the change in the room when I gave them context, who I was and what I was bringing to the table and to the discussion. And I went a little bit further about what I was looking for at the end of this. And it was about them. It wasn't about me. It wasn't my game. And so I, I like that part where you suggest that people introduce some, maybe a soft launch, a coffee mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But if you're in this situation where you're just thrown in, then you need to take some time and, and connect with people and let people understand who you are. And it's great if you have connection points. Like if, you know, there's two or three people that you've worked with in this group, you know, hey, 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 Greg, how's it going? Nice to see you again, blah, blah, blah. You, you got to do it. It's that connection, right? Otherwise, you're going to start off in a really bad place. No, I agree. Because, you know, sometimes we assume that people know. And, and if you start with the perspective that when you bring a consultant in, there will be some level of anxiousness. A lot more if you're in trouble. But even if you're not in trouble, there is an angst. There is a bit of a lack of control. There is this this emotional aspect. So the more you can settle that, the more you can create that safe space to for people to s- step up and say what they want, the better you the better it is and it and it is often through just those personal connections and deeper understanding of who you are. And then also helping the consultant in setting up, you know, um, uh, providing context to them. As a manager, if you're hiring that consultant, the more context you can have, um, the more bridges you can point to, to find them, to connect, the better you can set it up for success. So it's not only for your folks, but it's also the consultant coming in. To your point, I've seen, and I have been one of those consultants where I was thrown in to the middle of a situation. And a good consultant will recognize that and pull back a little bit and open space, ask lots of questions, create some trust levels, prior to moving into the space. So, uh, but yeah, you, you have to be ready for that because it can happen. And that, that's what I've always been amazed by most of the consultants that I've worked with is that they can read the room, they can sense what's going on and they, they adapt. They go, okay, I am not jumping into data right away or, or all, you know, high level philosophy or what we're doing here. Uh, I need to connect with these people. I need them to understand who I am and, and give a little bit of back and forth so we can start warming it up a little bit. And the best people at that can do those things, right? They read the room, back off, jump in. Every situation is different, 
But rather than just go in there and blah, 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 blah. I, I've, I've seen one of those per- persons, right? They just get in there blah, and they're just reading off a script. They're reading off a PowerPoint and it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know who you are yet. Like, right. You know, what's going on, right? So the best people can read that room. And sometimes it's being jumping in. Sometimes it's coming, you know, pulling back a little bit, but you know, you got to kind of know what to do. Yeah. Sometimes it's calling it out to say, you know what, I, you know, um, I'm sensing that, uh, folks really don't have a clear understanding of the project or who I am or that type of thing. It, you know, and I think things, you don't throw anybody under the bus, but you can say, you know, sometimes this happens. So I might suggest if it's okay, that we just pause for a bit and let's, let me share a little bit about who I am and what, where my background is, what I believe is the purpose of this project that we're moving forward. And then maybe just open it up for some questions so that we can lay the groundwork. If that hasn't been done, and you're able to do that, boy, that's a great way to kind of gain trust when there's none at the beginning. That's cool. That's cool. And as a manager, if it isn't appropriate for you to attend a group activity, don't go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is a, you know, especially when it's, uh, you know, you're, you're having focus groups where, uh, you want to create, uh, a space of true openness. And then the boss shows up who doesn't uh, evoke that space at any time. Man, oh, man. And it's hard, though, because, you know, if you are um, proactive and you want to bring in a consultant to better understand your space, if you've initiated it, but you also know there might be some things that are said that that uh, you're worried about, it's tough not to want to jump in there. But... Uh, Boy, oh boy, declaring and then um, being consistent in saying, I'm not going to show up. This is your space to bring ideas. Boy, that's it's it's risky for you, but it's also the biggest accelerator you can have in trust and, and also to create the right space for getting good done. I've seen an executive come into a thing because they want to know what's going on. And then I've seen another situation where a, a top executive was told to be there and they're sitting there and they're going, I shouldn't be here. I don't want to be here. This isn't going to work as well if I'm sitting here. I really want to leave, but I can't. And you know, and you can tell, right? You can tell. You know, people are sitting there. You know, they don't want to be here, but they've been told to be here. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah, and I mean, again, if the senior executive is really has that good sense, it can be so powerful to say, "Hey, you know what? Originally, we thought it was a good idea for me to be here, but what I don't want to do is limit the contribution of folks in here." So I'm going to step away and uh, um, give you a chance, and then I'll come back and be a part of it. So you can test that out and move it. And the next one kind of rides on that a little bit. Provide assurances that their input is valued, if it is. If you are really looking for people's input, then then say, listen, we are looking for it. It is going to be used. Not everything you want is going to be used. Not everything you say is going to be used, but we do need to hear this stuff. Yeah, and that's where it's really important to be clear up front to say, hey, this is input only. Um, uh, but it will influence and going forward and how you can tie it back into the results and link into what they said. Um, but also as a consultant coming in, it is having those open questions at the beginning. And I'll, uh, I use a number of different tools and processes. So there's one that I use is a, is a tool called HowSpace, which is a collaborative tool. And what it allows you to do is pre-work, and an online portal where people can contribute anonymously as well. And I find there's massive 
opportunity as a consultant to be able to leverage something like that because often what until you build trust people are much more willing to comment anonymously in a, a space that people can see the comment um, than verbalize it at the beginning there are some people that will do it right away but you, if you have multiple avenues for uh, capturing information um, you know, I also like having likes or uh, replies or polls or those kinds of things. Boy, there's never there's not a better way to do it because then you tap into their value and you also create more trust. And if what's going to happen at the end is predetermined, then say so and explain the role of the consultant uh, to the employees uh, about what's going to happen. Like, I don't have a problem with the process. We were this is where we need to be, and Greg's going to help us get there. Just say it. Then I understand. It's not a bad thing when things are predetermined. It's just understanding the context of what we're doing and what Greg's role is in getting us there. Yeah, and it's even worse if you make it feel that it's wide open and it isn't because people discover that and people sense that in the dialogue. So you're right. If there is a clear direction and so the part of the control or the influence is how we get there, not where we're going, um, that's still good because then that allows me, okay, that my input, my impact can be in the journey, not necessarily on the destination. I just think it's so much healthier. Like I've had one or two situations where, you know, I didn't realize that there was a, you know, end result. Like that would have been nice to, because it, it, it also informs the way that I'm going to participate. Okay, they're doing that, but this, you know, it's not everything is going to be set and I'm going to have an opportunity to speak into this. So I got to talk to this Greg dude. And, and then make sure that, you know, during my, our conversations, group work, whatever it is that I, I get my points in, because if we're going there, there's certain things that I know are important to consider and do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any concerns you can take off the table at the beginning, you need to do so. Yeah, I always begin in consulting often in what we call stakeholders or focus groups. You know, what excites you, what concerns you. What questions of clarification do you have? I always start with those three things because it uh, it gets the energy up. It also creates a space for a couple brave folks to drop in the concerns. And it also provides opportunity for people to clarify. Uh, and, and to your point, then you can take things off the table. If there, if there are questions that everybody has that you're able to answer and clarify at the beginning, that's beautiful. If there's a concern that's underlying that um, someone has, and even if they're not open to verbalize it, if you believe there's one or two concerns that are, that are in the hearts of everyone as a leader, that's sometimes a good thing to, to lead yourself and say, I, I imagine that one of the things that, you're, that might be bubbling up inside of you is this. Uh, will this lead to layoffs? As an example, if if uh, if you can't, you know, we often we often identify what are the core principles that we are going to lead, and one might be there are going to be no layoffs as a result of this. Well, get that up front because people will be freaking out if you don't say that. It doesn't mean there won't be job changes, but there won't be any layoffs. The intention is, you know, that might be so. Whatever you can declare that takes noise out of the space, take the noise out of the space. We're not moving to Halifax. Right, right. And keep up the conversations. So often I, I hear people say, well, it's great that this consultant was here, but we never heard anything like, you know, I participated in two meetings and I got to put in some input into some software program, but 
Like I didn't hear anything else. Yeah, that's where those updates are really important. You know, hey, thanks for participating. Here's where we're at. Here's the next steps. Even if you're not sure what the timelines are, you know, that we will check in every three to four weeks or whatever that is reality for you and say, here's where we're going to check out. It might be still no updates, but here's the stage that's at. If you have a plan up front and you have that person managing the plan, likelihood of you being able to give updates is much better. But uh, sometimes, you know, you don't have that control. And always be as open as you can. I think we've said it a couple times, but I just thought we should just kind of, as the last point for the manager, just remind everybody, be as open as you can. And, you know, we've done this, we've said this on past uh, podcasts, and it is uh, sometimes stuff changes. (laughs) And if it does, and you're okay to share, share. Uh, you know, that, hey, we said this was going to go. We said you, we were going to get your input to this. These are the new things that have changed, which make this no longer possible. And therefore, here's the direction we're going. Uh, if you, there's a bit of context and you actually acknowledge and and provide a little bit of the why, it doesn't always work, but it'll work a lot more than not saying anything. So let's switch over, Greg, to the employees and and mention a few things that can probably help the situation. And number one is come into any situation with an open attitude and open mind. Yeah. Like if you have those past experiences of other consultants that haven't gone as well, um, leave those at the door and think about what are the questions, what is the contribution that you can make to ensure that this one is successful. We all have a chance to change the future. Uh, can't change the past. And it's maybe so complicated, but if you're going in there with an attitude of, geez, here's another consultant. I know what this is like. You don't know what this is like. This is a, unless it's the exact same person and they're doing the exact same thing, which is highly unlikely, this is different. So check that attitude at the door and try to contribute in the right, in, in the best way possible. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. And to your point, more of a follow-up, ask good questions in a manner that adds to the situation. I love good questions. I like even really hard questions. Questions that, you know, might get everybody going, oh my goodness. If it's a good question and it needs to be asked, say so in a healthy way. Yeah. And, you know, even providing that context, if you're the person that says, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're glad you're here. I do. I think it's important for you to be aware of uh, a little bit of the history of the organization and the context. Ooh, you know, over the last ten years, I know we spent over three hundred thousand dollars in consulting fees, and we've had some uh, challenging past experiences. And and so, would it be valuable for us to share what we think worked and what we didn't think worked in order for us to make this a really powerful situation? Anyone's going to be open to that perspective. Um, it, it probably makes a few people cringe, but it's a healthy thing to say. Like, listen, this is where we're at. We've had three bad experiences and like it, like we want this to work, but you need to understand where we're coming from. Right. And it's that positive attitude. It's like uh, uh, this is to help us make su- be successful going forward. It's not about, oh, here we go again. It's about you need to know the context. You need to know some of the history. And, and here's some ideas that I have to contribute to us making this really successful. Yeah. And, and what I like about that is, you know, you, you kind of, you know, I, I pulled from that that it's one person doing that. But if three or four of you talked ahead of time and said, 
listen, I think this is what we as a group, is this what we think that this is important? I think it even, it, it's stronger if it's like, you know, the four, four of us here, um, we've all been through this and we, we, we chatted about it and, and, and this is, you know, we want this to work, you know, this is, you know, it's so important, but this is our joint history here. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, a group of people saying, listen, this is what our history is versus just one person is a very strong thing. And I, I you know, as if I was coming into a situation, I go, wow, okay, thank you for sharing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a couple points that you think would help moving forward. Let's hear them. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, and then the uh, smart consultant and manager will say, well, that's great, and maybe even proactively then uh, ask questions along the way to say, you know what, I know you mentioned earlier this, as we go forward with this, we're thinking of two different approaches, this one or this one. What do you think would most um, help overcome some of those fears and 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 doubts that might be in some people's minds to get us the best result? Again, engage them in the solution. Um, and you can engage them in a way that still keeps it focused on the way you need to do it without it being a free-for-all. I, I've seen somebody once uh, ask a couple of questions and go, in a certain way, they go, listen, there's two directions we're thinking about going. What do you see as the pros and cons of each approach? Mm-hmm. And draw out just that just rich, rich thought and, mm-hmm. and about what's going on. And then again, as a good consultant or a good leader, summarizing them, okay, so here's the things that we heard. Here's the things, was there anything else? So uh, thanks for your input. We'll take that in consideration as we go forward. Boy, it's you've got now a couple of interactions of participation, input, feedback, input. It's it's going to deepen the engagement with the project. And I, I saw one consultant, you know, when some of the negative stuff, like the cons for a certain approach goes, yeah, I've seen this one. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I myself have seen that. And own it. Like, you know, you're here because as a consultant, because you have this experience, you have these abilities. And when you can say, yes, yes, I don't know which group gave that, but I've seen that and that's definitely something that we need to be aware of. And and that just starts it up because people really want to know that if they're participating, people are are listening to what they have to say. And if, you know, you as a consultant have a, a similar shared experience with these people, you should share it and say, yes, yes, I've seen that. That is a concern. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And if you get a sit down, prepare and deliver. And I've gone into a sit down and... There's a short period of time. They said, okay, thank you. I said, okay, here. I them a folder with a bunch of like stats and things like that. And said, this is the base of what I'm talking to you about. So here you go. And I pushed it across the table to them. But it's like, no, no, I've got 27 minutes here, but this is a really big so- topic. So I've provided you with some background material. Yeah, so it's, that's really interesting. So if the consultant doesn't ask the questions, bring your own questions and bring your own data and this is your moment to be able to contribute to the best you can be and bring the best things forward. They may or may not take it, depending on the professionalism, the level of experience, et cetera, of that consultant. But if you don't give it, they for sure won't include it. Absolutely. Because they don't have it. Absolutely. Uh, and attend all the meetings and take in all the updates. Like, you know, if, if people are taking, you know, making the effort to make sure that they include everybody with updates and stuff like that, you need to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. And if there is a glaring issue, and maybe, you know, because the consultant doesn't know intimately the organization that you work for, you got to kind of bring it up in a healthy way and let them know. Yeah. This is the brave that we talk about in the safe, brave space kind of thing. And, uh, you know, again, there's ways to do it. You know, I'm concerned because of this. Something that's bubbling up for me is this. Have we considered this? I know in other organizations, this might be a risk associated with it. 
all kinds of different language to bring it up, either in the meeting, outside of the meeting. You know, if the consultant, if you're if you're worried about bringing it up inside the meeting, then pull the consultant aside and say, hey, Alistair, you know, in that last meeting, the one thing that's really churning in me is this. I'm not sure if you're aware of the full context of this, but this is it. And, and here's why I'm, and here's some thoughts that I have. You know, if you've got a churn or something really glaring, also bring an idea for consideration. Yeah, that's always even more powerful to get it accepted if there's a, you know, an idea that they might want to explore. I like that discernment piece that you kind of talked about, about where's to be the best time to bring up this glaring issue? Is it in the meeting? Is it maybe one-on-one with the consultant? Maybe it's with my boss. And I've seen uh, a glaring issue brought up. It's used as a weapon in a, in a meeting with a consultant in a group of people. And I, I di- it didn't sit well. I, I agreed with the point, but I didn't agree with the way that it was brought up. And, it, you know, I love that idea that, you know, let's think about this. There's this glaring issue. What's the best way to bring it to everybody's attention? And I really like that thought that, hey, you know, is it the consultant? Maybe after the meeting or, you know, uh, kind of off-site type thing or whatever. I really like the idea that you, we need to put some thought into that because we want what's best to happen. Mm-hmm. And and to use it in a meeting as a weapon against the process because you're not happy with something and maybe you're trying to derail it or just throw a bit of a wrench into things, I really like that discernment thing. I think that's the healthy way to do. What's the best way to say this glaring thing that I don't think anybody's thought of? And, you know, that never wins when you uh, when you try to use it as a weapon. You might think you're looking smart or good, but you, I honestly, I can't think of any scenario where someone uh, has done that, that people, that, that added to the respect that others had of that person. I can't think of one time that that has happened, you know, deep down. Uh, because when you do something like that, people think, well, when are they going to do that to me? Uh, you know, like I, that's the thing that jumps in the back of your head. So if you're, and if you're really peeved, you know, we talk about being aware of our, our emotions, our bodies of when we can feel that we're feeling really crunchy and angry. That's a good discerning moment to say, don't say anything right now. Take a breath, figure out how best to say it and then where to say it and bring it back later in the moment write it down, you know, maybe just, just, uh, rather than express it in that moment, if you feel that it's going to come off in a way that is attacking or negative, uh, just write down your concerns. Then after the meeting, reflect on those and think about how best can I articulate this to help the success of the program, the project, whatever it might be. And you might have emotions around that glaring issue too. And yeah, you know, by, by taking you know, a chill pill for a bit, and figuring, okay, when should I talk about this? Then you can deal with those emotions because sometimes, you know, this glaring issue may be exactly on what your role is. Mm-hmm. And so I like that idea that, you know, okay, let's just chill out for a bit and let's figure out how to deal with this in a, in a calmer way because, you know, you might not mean to use it as a weapon, but you've got this emotion, emotional package around this issue and you're going to come off that way, right? Always, always. You know, there's the, what's in, what your intentions are in your head and what the impact is that lands after it comes out of your mouth can be completely different. And we've all had those moments where oh, yeah. it went, this sounded way better in my head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and encourage others in the process. Like, you know, Greg, listen, I know we, we you and I have had to sit through three rounds of this type stuff, this crap. And now we're going to do it again. But uh, you know this person? Yeah. Okay. And they, they're a decent person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very well respected, you know, good at listening, good at talking, and they understand this stuff. 
Okay. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's start participating. Let's see what this is all about and see if we can work this out. Yeah, I love that, leading around, you know, like saying that, you know, uh, yeah, you know what, Alistair, I, I kind of felt the same way. Oh, my goodness, not another consultant. And then I thought, well, what could be different this time? Rather than just discount it, what role can I play in actually maybe contributing to something good out of this? That's kind of what I've been thinking about. Well, I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about that? And just begin the conversation, help to shape the conversation more towards something positive than to just jump on that that negative bandwagon. And we probably both know that something has to change. So let's let's pony up and let's go. Yeah. Uh, care about what's going on, even when it's uncomfortable. And sometimes this does, Greg, get really, really uncomfortable because sometimes we're talking about roles. Sometimes we're talking about people. Uh, you know, certain people love what they do and, and they never want to change how they do it. And, and sometimes we have uncomfortable conversations and let's just say it like this is uncomfortable and, and own it, but um, we still have to deal with these things in a healthy way. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. It's, you know, often it's through the crunchiness, through the uncomfortable that the best things come alive, right? Whether it's that saying about flowers grow in rain or, uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, it's usually through the tough stuff that the, the good stuff comes. And reach out if you need assistance. You know, usually a cons- when a consultant comes in, there's going to be some changes. There's, you know, we're going to have to relook at how we do things, how we're, you know, how we're situated, how the teams work, whatever it is. And if you're, if you're struggling with that, um, you know, reach out to EFAP or sit down and have a, a, a healthy, good conversation with somebody. If you're feeling these things, and it often happens in these situations, then you should really, uh, it's healthier to deal with that. Yeah, no, I agree. And, Again, it can be challenging to ask those tough questions or to ask for support, but uh, um, always encourage you to reach out. So, Greg, um, wrap up. Well, like we've said, in all of our experiences, we've either been consultants or whether paid or unpaid. We have uh, uh, brought in consultants and we've uh, been had the impact of consultants where we had no control. And it's almost like every one of our sessions come down to some of the same things, which is consistent truths in all situations. Number one, set the context. If you're going to do something, uh, be clear around why you're doing it. If there's a target, where you're heading and what uh, level of input and control those around you have in the situation. That clarity up front. Then build a plan. And put someone responsible for that plan that's going to be really diligent on keeping people heads up, uh, having that communication loop back down to folks that have contributed, um, and, and keep things moving, moving ahead. Um, and also realize that consulting often results in or makes people get worried about change. And just know the headspace of folks. You know, we talk about knowing your people. So uh, that's probably the very first thing, as always. Know your people. Know what the reaction of this might be. Then articulate clearly why you're doing it. Um, Engage them early on with a consultant they're bringing on. And then build a plan, track it, and communicate well. Uh, Those are the things that you can do to enrich uh, the effective impact of consultants because they can be amazing. They they aren't in it 
They sit over it and they review it and they can give you some great things, but uh, you got to set it up properly. I'm very thankful for a large group of consultants that I've worked with. And uh, I pity them sometimes, you know, <laughs> putting up with me and my, you know, questions and, and because I love context. But I think there, there's two words. Uh, I agree with everything that you've said. And I think the two words that I'm thinking about are context, but also caring. Mm. Caring as a consultant that you're coming into an organization, that there's going to be some confusion and stuff going on and just to, you know, read the room. Uh, care as the manager or leader that's bringing in these people and, and understand that it's going to cause certain things within the workforce and, you know, be open to it. And even if you have a plan about, you know, sometimes you have to change the plan and spend more time with people and, and make sure that you're communicating properly. And also, you know, the workers, you know, caring about what's going on, you know, showing up, even if you're not happy, even if you're uncomfortable to positively contribute to what's going on, because one way or another, there's going to be a change and you might as well have, you know, your insight put into this. But I think those are the two words, you know, other than the, all the other things that you said, uh, those were the kind of the two words that for me were important. And in my experience, uh, in the situations that didn't go as well, it was the context and the caring that wasn't present. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I first, uh, yeah, I was a chief HR officer, a VP of people and culture for most of my career. And uh, when I decided to go into consulting, uh, I was I was like an anti-consulting person. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to find Lighthouse Nine Group that I work with now, which is a group of uh, seasoned leaders with tons of experience that care deeply to come alongside folks and help them build whatever they need to build uh, and help them get to their, achieve their goals through people and with people. And when I first met them, I thought, huh, yeah, these people are like me. That 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 is the way that we want it done. And the good news is that I think many consulting groups have shifted to have more of that attitude because they know the sustainable results are when you come alongside, you engage early, and you equip the people that are there to make the change. Those are always the changes that are going to be most successful. Uh, when you are the drop-in um, and bring the uh, – um, newly grads in to just punch through stuff and not have context and that type of thing, unfortunately, it doesn't work. It doesn't mean the new grads aren't good because some have that same attitude and same approach. But uh, if you're going to get a consultant, make sure you get one that has that heart and head um, combination is willing to roll up the sleeves with you to deliver the results. And there are folks out there like Lighthouse 9 that are really just good at it. And, uh, and um, those are the ones that you remember. Well, they are good because we've interviewed four people from that place. You, Nancy, Christy, and Gemma. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, I've had a chance to meet some of the people that uh, you work with. And, and I got to say, I'm, I'm very impressed with the whole group of them. And, yeah. and what's with people writing books in this place? Like how much experience do you guys have? Like people are just knocking off books like crazy. It's great. That's it. That's it. Um, so we hope that some of what we spoke about you found helpful. We We hope that we didn't. Uh, offend anybody or make anybody really, really angry. But uh, if there was ever an episode that we needed your philosophy put into, I think it's this one, my friend. Yeah. So when I was uh, first, uh, my very first coach said, uh, you know, when in our sessions, the one thing you're going to discover is there's going to be things that are going to peeve you off and there are themes that, things that are going to give you joy. And uh, both are good because the 
the peeved off churniness is often when you hear something, you think, oh, it's something I got to work on or something maybe I'm not as strong or something that I maybe faltered on. Uh, and the joy is, of course, the things that you're making traction on, but both are great, great uh, things as long as you reflect on them, learn from them, and uh, leverage the insights from them to move forward. So we hope in this episode that whether you're a consultant, whether you're a team member, or whether you're a manager, there may be some things that were a little crunchy, things that you made you uncomfortable, and maybe some things that uh, you were feeling good about that you are putting into place, uh, and both are good. Just learn from them and uh, grow from them. So I had a name. Uh, we're going to do a shout-out right now. I right. know you love these shout-outs. And uh, just let me um, – I don't think I've said this this place before. Uh, there's two places. San Antonio. Have I mentioned San Antonio before? I don't think so. San Antonio, Texas. Nice. Nice. And Aurora, Ontario. So Aurora is just north of Toronto. It's one of the northern suburbs. Uh, a very growing place. And so we've got somebody downloading some episodes from there. So, you know, Aurora and San Antonio, welcome to the club. Wow. We're covering the north and the south of uh, of the the uh, the northern part of the hem American hemisphere. But I think it's always great having folks from all over the world in all kinds of different places. And the thing that we've heard from folks is the things we talk about are things that you experience day to day. And we're just two voices with two perspectives. And we hope that it stimulates both thinking and other conversations that you have from your experiences with your communities to be able to, to grow from and continue to learn as a leader. And we've said this, you know, in quite a few podcasts, Greg and I sit here and we talk about this stuff. We're not experts, but we certainly have benefited from each other's experience. So who are you benefiting from? Mm -hmm. uh, listen, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.